Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our show today, episode 173. I have invited my good friend and colleague, Donna Rodenizer, to join me as we discuss those clever little songs we know as rounds and canon, teaching strategies and some fun right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Full Voice Podcast. My name is Nikki Loney and the Full Voice Podcast is for the professional voice teacher. And today we are talking about vocal pedagogy, specifically how we can use those short, sweet, clever little songs we know as rounds and canons. Now, I do want to mention that many of us tend to discredit and not appreciate the uh, the opportunities with those cute little songs. But my guest, Donna Rodenizer, music education specialist and children's composer, Donna Rodenizer, and I are going to dive into some of our favorite rounds and how we can use them effectively. And friends, don't think that those little canons and rounds are just simple for littles. Some of them can be very, very challenging. And there are many ways to ramp up the musical skills required. You can make a simple melody into a very challenging musicianship exercise. We're going to talk about that today. So before I invite my dearest friend, I do have a few things to say. First of all, I want to thank everyone who took advantage of the Full Voice Music Song Sale back in November. We do it once a year, and we released some new pieces. We introduced a new composer, Ben Bowen, and oh my goodness, people from around the world took advantage. I'm so excited for you because you now have some wonderful pieces for your teaching library, and how wonderful to have a piece of music that you can share freely, that you can use on your social media, that you can send backing tracks to your student. We do try to make it easy for teachers to share great resources with their students. So thank you so much. And I I just, I really want to thank our composers who create these amazing songs for young singers. Uh, Friends, there's two things. There's two things you need, in my opinion, to be successful in your business. One, You need amazing colleagues. You need people around you cheering you on, sharing ideas, bouncing ideas off. And two, you need good resources. The tools that you use in your studio, whether it be your software, your website, the apps that you use, and of course, the songs and music and and the books and the resources that you use. Those are the two things, in my opinion. Good colleagues, good resources, and you will be set. Those were the things that were missing for me when I first started uh, teaching. And it made teaching very lonely and very stressful. So, friends and fun resources. That's what you need. Anyhow, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the talented Donna Rodenizer. Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend and colleague and fellow Nova Scotian, Donna Rodenizer. How are you? I'm fantastic. And you? 
Ah, I'm great. I'm always great when I get to talk to you. And our listeners should know that we talk for probably an hour before we hit record because uh, we have oh, so many. We got to get all the new. <laughs> first <laughs> um but uh today we're talking about we're talking about uh rounds cannons cannons and rounds and uh donna wanted wanted me to tell everybody that before we started recording i asked her what is the difference between a cannon and a round and we googled it and i said don't ask me that because I don't really, re- I don't know. I, I know I looked it up. Yeah. Okay. So you've got it there. So I looked it up again. You looked it I up do. again. Do you want to know what I the do. difference is? Okay. A cannon is a piece of music that people sing or play the same music starting at different times. Okay. But then it ends, I think, mm. what that means. And a round is a type of cannon, but in a round, each voice, when it finishes, can start at the beginning again. So that the piece can go round and round. Round and round. So I think ah. a canon is like you are following voice after voice, but it's finite. And a round follows voice after voice, but you say, let's sing it three times. And you do. So a round is like the song that never ends. Yes. This is the song that yes. never ends. <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, gosh. Don't start that. Um, well, the reason that I wanted to bring, I wanted to talk about rounds and cannons with you is um, uh, we have such a wonderful, wonderful uh, forum, uh, Facebook forum, the Voice Teachers for Young Singers. There's so many fabulous, wonderfully inspired, hardworking, passionate people on there. And I want to say hello if you are a member of the Voice Teachers for Young Singers okay. Facebook forum. Um, but there was a conversation, there was a thread about uh, cannons and what age would be appropriate for cannons. And I've always felt that, you know, cannons are more than just, uh, you know, for your older students. In fact, I, I think cannons and rounds are just beautiful pieces, little pieces of work for even your youngest singers. And uh, and then, of define, course... Define youngest. Well... Define youngest. Like, when you say youngest? School-aged. Okay. Yeah. Like six, seven, mm, eight? Okay, so full disclosure, I've never been able to get my six, seven-year-olds to be able to sing yeah. in a round, but I use the music, I use melodies from rounds mm. as a teaching tool, and I start to teach them the melodies, and I use the round, and then hopefully as they get, they continue on, that melody is so known that when they build those confident singing skills, they can sing in harmony. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so I use the rounds, even though we're not singing them together. And I just wanted to say to my private teaching friends, yes, you can do this type of harmony work, which is you and a singer. It doesn't have to be a choir. This, this work is actually really beautiful one-on-one and you can really help a young singer and give them the attention and the focus and, and help them with their active listening. So this isn't just a classroom or choral opportunity. I, I just wanted to put that out there. So yes, I would always say my six and seven year olds could, would not be able to, but I've had some of my eight, nine year olds that get really good at it. Absolutely. Like in, in a school setting, in a classroom where you do have multiple voices, we probably wouldn't do any kind of, of canon or round work until grade three, which is eight. Mm, eight yeah, there you nine, go. In that, 
that age range. But, but you're you're very much in the whole Kodai methodology kind of mindset in in preparing. You always start way before you you're going to actually apply things and make things conscious and that kind of stuff so absolutely if they've got that song internalized they have to internalize it in order to be able to sing it as a canon anyway so they don't get lost and confused so to start it before they can actually sing it as a part perfect that's that's the best i think yeah and i think there is a hesitation there is a hesitation for people because it's like well if they're not going to be able to sing it in harmony why would i get started now but but foundations Right? Foundations. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were when you were working in the classroom, um, uh, what were what were some of your what were your some? Okay, if you had to give me your top three, we're going to talk a lot about your your favorite list. But let's start with your top three favorite rounds that you would use with your your kiddos. Uh, Ghost of John. Oh, spooky. Yeah. Well, not only not only because of that, well, it's in a minor key, which is we don't have many rounds in it, but it's just such a fantastic mm -hmm. tonality when you when you've got that stuff piled up. But it's it's got uh because of that ghost of John, ghost of John, for me as a as a classroom teaching tool to just use that as a melodic sonato. And get somebody to sing that. Here's a group of six or eight kids just singing that over and over and over. And the rest of the class sings the whole song. Mm. It You hear the harmonies of a round, but you're actually not singing it as a round. And it's, that's a really great stepping stone tool. Even in a, in a vocal studio with one student, just say, okay, you sing the song. Once they know it, of course. You sing the whole song. And I'm just going to sing this other part the whole time you sing it. Oh, nice. And they start to hear those two harmonies against each other. But they're not responsible for anything more than, than just the ostinato if they're singing that harmony part. Or if they're the one singing the tune, they're just hearing that underneath. So... So that would be, and and then there's 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 lots of other things that you can do with that, like in the classroom. I would add, you know, finger symbols on on the rests and oh, and kibasas and stuff like the chains. And so you have melodic ostinati and and uh, rhythm instruments and stuff. So that's a that's a really wonderful one. Even your grade as old as grade six, like your eleven and twelve year olds, buy into that because it's just so lush and full and gorgeous. Mm. Anyway, that would be my top top one, I think. Okay. Can um, we just can we just stay I, on uh, I, I just want to stay on that for a second. Okay, yeah. Um so that's a really great teaching strategy for just getting singers to start with that confident holding the spot. So that so the ghost yes. of John. What other what other rounds or little songs could you do that with? Uh, Frère Jacques is like that. Oh, right, right, right. So the door, yeah, doorman, the door, no, at the end, yeah, that at the end, yeah. We're in two different keys. So, can you <laughs> sing a canon in two different keys? <laughs> On Zoom, probably oh, I could. Uh, <laughs> yes, you probably could. Uh, chairs to mend. Is another one that I really like. Oh. Uh, that's an old, and I learned that through my Kodai methodology when I was taking my my levels. Um, chairs to mend, old chairs to mend, mackerel, fresh mackerel, any old rags, any old rags. And there's that that low again. You can get any old right. rags, any 
all the rags over and over and over on top of uh, underneath the the things on the top and that that works really really well um what else have we got that's um hey ho nobody home oh hey, yeah home. i love that one hey, hey ho nobody home just hey ho that's nobody home hey ho. so again if you can set that in motion it creates a cushion mm. underneath the whole song when you're doing that and you've got singers that aren't sure that they can hold a part they they want to hold their ears mm. so they can only hear their part yes that's a really great strategy is to cup your hands behind your ears mm. yes and as soon as you do that your voice comes back and into your ears. And so you hear your voice louder than anybody around you. And so I would say, don't plug your ears. You want to hear the harmony. That's the whole reason we're doing this. But you <laughs> want to be able to hold your part. So we would, you know, we'd all do elephant ears. And, and that helps. Is that what you called um, it? Elephant ears? That's what it kind of looks I like. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I want to thank you for that. Because uh, that's, again, again, for private teachers or small group classes, right? If you're only working with a small group of kids doing the yes. the melodic uh ostinati parts would be really helpful. Um and and what I would do with my students is is get them to do some like body percussion with it just to help them solidify that that part and and to hang on to that part. Uh, you can also you can also sing well, if you're in person if if there's if you only have one student, you can sing with them and even if you can t- plunk out on the piano like Dum, 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 and just sing with them to give them the sport and then say okay now i'm gonna stop singing with you and just let the piano keep going and then you can take the piano and say now i'm gonna sing with the piano sang so just a bunch of different yeah. sort of steps to ooze them on out of okay now i'm being supported now i can do it myself anyway sorry oh, you i love it no 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 i love that i think that's great um okay sorry i, I we got off on uh, that was my question about the ostinati um say so go to your top three your top three rounds and or canons. So we've had, we started with Ghost of John. Yep. Uh, and uh, Chairs to Mend. Chairs to Mend. Mm-hmm. And for the absolute beautifulness of it, but it's not traditional. Okay. So you'd have to see if you could find it, is This Pretty Planet by Tom Chapin. Oh, interesting. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, uh, this pretty planet spinning through space. You're a garden, a harbor, a holy place. That's part one. Golden sun going down. Gentle blue giant spin us around. That's part two. And then the last part is all through the night. Ooh, tricky. till the morning light. And it is absolutely, those oh. two parts together, it's absolutely gorgeous. But that all through the night is really hard. Yeah. That, that, that interval is really hard, but I, I would use that with my choir and it just gave goosebumps. Every what, what age of choir was that? Grade four, five. So mm-hmm. those would be nine, 10, 11, nine, 10, 11 year olds. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And they could do that in three parts. Oh, lovely. Choir. Yeah. Lovely. When you are when you're choosing, I mean, there's so many different types of rounds. We have obviously tonality, like major, minor, but what are kind of your guidelines when you're selecting, like say for your early elementary or, and then maybe your later elementary, what kind of guidelines do you have? Well, I was, I was looking at a list. I have a, a 
booklet that I put together at some point in time in my teaching career of a whole collection of canons, so they're at hand. But I was looking at those and things like um, Prayer Jaka and Hey Ho Nobody Home and, mm-hmm. and even Ghost of John and those, there are three fairly distinct parts, especially with that low, that last one that I said you could right. turn into a melodic Austin. Uh, I would go for those for younger students before I would do um, ones that kind of follow each other in thirds. Mm. So, so once the canon gets going, the top part is singing, but then the next part that sings is just a third below that. And then you like, so that's, I think harder because the harmonies are close and you'd think that that might be easier, but I I think when there's a little bit of separation that, that that's easier for the, the younger students to um, ex- access. No, so I, I would look for that. That makes sense, yeah. And the entry, the the number of bars before you enter, mm. I think makes a difference. I was looking, I just jotted down on my list how many bars it is. So for instance, like Kookaburra comes in after two bars and Music Alone to Live comes after four bars. Dona Nobis Pacham comes in after eight bars. Right. So if you're doing eight bar an eight bar um melody before you have to come in maybe the separation makes that easier Mm. i don't know i i hadn't thought about that until i was jotting down this list so i'd have to think about that a little bit to see whether it's the if the distance is preferable or Mm. if the distance makes it harder because you have so much more to remember in your line that's interesting that's interesting you're right because i I found with some of the canons and rounds, if they came in, if it was a really, if they didn't have much time before they came in, there was always that. If they even hesitated a moment, they'd miss their entry. (laughs) (laughs) Right. However, if you wait too too long, then you've got, you've got this long line (laughs) that you've got to remember. Right. To follow. So I'm I'm not, I'm not sure with that, but. You know, I, uh, one of my favorite canons, which I also learned when I did my Kadai training, and it was, it was uh, the class where we were all sharing resources that we loved. That uh, that it was these are like go to gold standard. You will never have a you know you will always have success with these. And uh, one of the middle school teachers shared the Pizza Hut canon, which is just a Rams Ham Zam. Uh, no, right. Ram Sam Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Ram Sam Sam. Yeah. A Ram Sam Sam. Or a Ram Sam Sam. Right. I anyway. And, and, and there's a couple of things that happened with that. So first of all, I, when I was starting my small group classes, I had like four very, very shy little girls who loved to sing, but not in front of anybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yes. The first few classes were pretty tense because we didn't do a lot of singing. I just, they were not comfortable. We learned some hand signs. We did some rhythms. We played some games. And I was really starting to get worried. I thought, oh my gosh, they just don't want to sing in front of each other. And, you know, I want to make this as safe a place as possible for them to be, have fun and creative. And it was introducing the Pizza Hut song. And I remember sitting on the floor, I said, okay, who here likes pizza? which led to 
like, I like pizza, but it can't have any meat on it because I'm a vegetarian and my, you know, like it turned into that whole oversharing thing, which is so important. And uh, I remember teaching it to them and boy, they, they all just, they just thought it was hilarious and fun. And all of a sudden I had these sweet little voices just ready to sing out. And I think part of it too might've been that the um, gestures that go with it. So I know this is a podcast, so people can't see, but you know, like a pizza hut. So you have the little circle and then you put your hands over your head. And then the chorus is McDonald's, McDonald's. Anyhow, so they they loved it so much that that was like the icebreaker song. And one of the things that I often talk about in the teacher training is in your teaching toolbox, you need to have short, easy to learn icebreaker songs Mm -hmm. because your students aren't going to like learn the eight page, you know, little mermaid solo there, you know, in the first couple of weeks of your lessons and they need little songs that they can have fun with. And they're so important. What, what little icebreaker songs, they could be rounds, but what little icebreaker songs did you always use with the young ones? I like tongue twisters oh, for, yes. for an icebreaker warm-up song because, um, and especially especially with hesitant singers, um, you can start, and you can do tongue twisters in canon as yeah. well. Oh, I'm ahead of myself. I'm ahead of myself because you can do spoken tongue twisters and the kids will immediately buy in because they, they they want to be able to prove that they can say that tongue twister and be successful. <laughs> but you can do a spoken tongue twister, irregardless of what melody goes with it, as a canon. Nice. So you can have have the the spoken challenge and the canon without melody. And they're they are in there and involved before they ever realize that they're in there and involved. And then you've got them, oh, let's sing this now and, and whatever, and off you go. I love it. So in my choir stuff, you know, to start with with a tongue twister or um, a, a cannon. Oh, another one I just thought of, uh, one bottle of pop, two bottle of pop is another good one. Oh, um, I forgot like to- all about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that depending on the version that, you know, there's, there's three parts or four parts. And I, I used to, it, it's cold in the winter. It's cold in the fall is a, a higher one. And that one, they don't know as well. I don't know if somebody just uh, composed that to add to that, to make mm. it another part or not. But anyway, that, but they like that, you know, one bottle pop, two bottle pop, three bottle pop, four bottle pop. And again, there's that, that low <laughs> part. That, that little that, oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm yeah. not, I'm going to be singing that forever now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. One of my favorite, um, I think it's like one of my core memories was with when I was a girl guide. So we would sing, um, we would sing, uh, make new, it was either, we had a choice of two, it was make new friends, um, which is a very pretty one. It's actually tricky. I'm pretty sure that we did make new friends as a girl guide, not as a brownie. But the one we did in brownies was fires burning. Yes, and that's the other one that I had written down. I just jotted down and said, "Oh, I forgot about that one. That's beautiful." Yeah, and that yeah. I remember that, like that 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 memory of you know at the end of your activities, you're with your your little brownie group. I was a sprite, and you know you had your little you had your little 
pouch with your dues in them and yeah and you would cross cross you would cross your hands okay nobody can see us so i have to explain so don and i are in the zoom room crossing (laughs) our arms over trying to hold our neighbor's hands yes and you would cross your hands you would hold and we would sing fires burning and uh yeah, and and you we were in a gymnasium, so of course it just echoed, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. our our brownie leader had like a little like a like a little light that was like the fire, <laughs> which yeah. was a big deal. Um, but I remember those. I remember those. Uh, those. It's like a core memory. It was such a beautiful moment to sing with your friends and to hear those harmonies. And then I remember. Um, I remember being on tour with the Toronto Children's Chorus, and we did a European tour, and we were in a showcase with other choirs, and there was one of the European choirs were singing this canon and we had to sing it and I remember our choral conductor not being that impressed but that we all wanted to learn this canon but (laughs) we did and we started singing it on the bus even though we didn't know the words because they were in a different language but I mean canons just are just I have so many memories of of learning and singing them and and having fun with them. So our children now unless they're in a a guide and brownie troop which I don't even know like locally here I don't even know if we have any more Um, but unless they're in that kind of group unless they are in a church setting Mm. or unless they're in a very musical family who have weekly monthly yearly whatever family kitchen parties where everybody comes and sings (laughs) in harmony our students are not actually listening to harmony singing as a regular occurrence. And yeah. so this is something I think that's important to develop with our students to, mm-hmm. to tune their ear to that, to hear, yeah. listen for another part and be able to sing with another part. Yeah. I would always teach my students, um, like, uh, a round or a canon or a melody and then I would use it with them um, before a recital. I would use it as the warm-up. So a lot mm. of them had never heard it as a canon. They only learned this little melody as a warm-up melody in their, in their lessons. Mm. And, I mean, my older students that had been with me forever, they knew what was going on. But my new ones, it was always a surprise. And we would do like a little, you know, 20-minute warm-up, like in the back of the church before everybody would sing their solos. And we, I would always say, I would always put my littles with my experienced teenagers, and I would group them together. And I remember one of my little ones, she was so sweet. She's like, oh, well, that was beautiful. Did you know that would happen like that? <laughs> Anyhow, like it was, it was just something we did, and it was always like a, it was just something to get their minds off of the performance and their nerves, and it was just a nice way to warm up their voices. But um, I, I like, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, and and again, going back, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts. I mean, kids haven't been singing in school for the last couple of years, right? It, they weren't allowed, and you know, there's still some restrictions in some places about that. And we still have to get, I'm not going to use the word caught up. I hate thinking of it like that, but we still got a lot of 
traveling to do to get refocusing. back. Refocus. Oh, there we go. Thank Re- you. I'm like, how can I refocusing. say this positively? Um, <laughs> when you, when you were working in your, in your classroom, um, what were some of the other strategies that you would, you would use to get, to get the, the students to sing those rounds? A lot of it just goes back to establishing confidence in singing period. Hmm. Um, in, in my school, in my classrooms, everybody sang. Mm. It wasn't, oh, are you going to sing? We sang. We sang the news. I would, you know, I'd sing them questions. <laughs> they would sing their answers back to me, regardless of what their pitch is. And so from the very beginning, beginning of when they walked into my classroom as a, as a little, at age five, we were singing. Nice. We weren't all singing at the same pitch for a long time right. necessarily. And some get it sooner than others. By grade two, pretty well, everybody's singing in tune. And that's the other thing is, is if they're finding it hard to pitch accurately to put them in a situation where they're singing in any kind of harmony situations is going to be a difficult hmm. skill set for them to manipulate within because they cannot do it in unison or on their own, therefore they're not going to be able to do it in, in groups. a two-part thing, yeah. in, in a group or, or whatever. So you'll have to assess, I mean, you've got children who've got really great tonal sense and tonal centers and stuff and can sing in harmony way earlier than that, depending on who they are. Not to say that I was a child prodigy because I wasn't, but I was the youngest <laughs> Uh, three girls at some point in time in my family, there's five of us, but at some point in time there were three of us and at age probably eight, 10 and 12, we were singing in three part harmony Mm. because we were used to singing together and my sister could sing alto. And so it would start with me as the little one singing the tune with my next older sister. And then every now and then I would stay on the tune and she would sing a high harmony part. My sister would sing alto. And there we are singing three parts. So at, at eight, as a solo singer singing in three-part harmony, that's not necessarily um, very common, I would think. But yeah. here's the thing. If you're, if you're singing and singing and singing and singing and you can carry a tune and you can hold a tune, then you're probably ready to start that. Mm. So as a vocal teacher, you're saying, okay, this kid is you know, on the road to this. They can do this. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. And again, a two-part canon or round is a great way to start they don't need to launch into a three-part round at the very beginning that's asking for trouble well you know (laughs) i wanted to thank you because one of the one of the songs you wrote for us on the full voice website which is still one of my favorites and um it actually brought a lot of joy to two of my students during the pandemic because we had to do it a little differently with self-tape with recording um and the zoom lessons with the two of them were very interesting because they could not sing together at the same time. But you wrote this beautiful hummy hummingbirds, which is Mm. like, if I think personally, that is a wonderful introductory to singing harmony. It's a call and response. And there's just a tiny couple of bars with very distinct melodies, like two-part harmony, just just enough, just a little taste that it's not overwhelming. Um, and that that song has brought so much joy to my studio. Plus, that's a really again, that's another 
interestingly, now it's not a canon, but it's another interesting way to start working on some harmony singing because the first voice that sings ends on a whole note and they hold that note right. where they've just landed. So they've, they've, they've landed there, just hold on. And then somebody else is singing on top of that. And then you've got two sounds going. Mm. It's, it's a great way to start harmony singing is that sing and hold underneath sing and hold underneath it's somewhat similar to the pedal tone except with just more of a Mm -hmm. holding you know holding that note oh i love that um we have we have some fun stuff on the website so we have donna as per usual uh well first question i like are you sick of me living in your province now because now i bug you more than ever for songs (laughs) I like getting the emails and saying, can you write me a song about this? It, it, <laughs> it sets my creative juices to working. And then I ignore all things like housework and <laughs> chores and, and taxes. Bill paying and, and, and I say, oh, I have to write a song. Nikki wants a song. It's, it's, it's work. I have to do this. So it's, it's great. So uh, I was, I was, uh, this just a little bit behind the scenes in full voice land, but we have been working with our, with our, um, contract lawyer or entertainment lawyer with in regards to you know how we work with our composers and I remember I did tell my lawyer I said well sometimes I just send her an email and ask and I request things and her response with a very furrowed brow and confused look on her face was is that okay with her is is that acceptable and I'm like well that's kind of how we do things anyhow so um shout out to uh Cheryl Grossman in uh, Toronto for taking care of full voice contracts. <laughs> hey, um, if, if Cheryl's if Cheryl's listening, Nikki's the best boss ever. <laughs> so, <there. laughs> um, so when we so going back, we have we have some fun things that we've just added to the website. Um, so first of all. Uh, and we've, this has been in our song prison for a while, but we just released <laughs> Harmony Llamas. So, oh, so this goes, llamas. so again, going back to those random emails where I request things from Donna, I said one, I guess a few years ago now, do you have any songs about llamas? And how many did you send me? I think it was I five think or six. Yeah, five or six. Five or six, yeah. And, and I was like, I just asked for one, but all of these are brilliant. So we do have the Llama Song Adventure Package, which is three of the songs, which is brilliant. But we now have, and this would be appropriate for, this would be appropriate for, what would you say, Harmony Llamas? I'm thinking like later elementary, early high school. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Yep. So, I, I would agree with that, yeah. And what's beautiful is Har- I, I had really... Go ahead. I, I had fun with, I had fun creating that because I was playing with the language as well as the <laughs> melodic lines, and so it it switches the accents. Which in my music, I I'm very fastidious about the accents of the natural flow of the language landing on the accents of the music. But this is like lama 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 lama, and it's all. <laughs> It's all just llama over and over and over, but it, it's it was such fun to write. Oh my goodness, it was fun. 
So it, it really is brilliant. And then to make it even more challenging and more brilliant, you we you did a one in a minor key. I forgot about that. Yes, oh, I did. Yeah. We call it the llama lament. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's the same. It's the same canon, but in the minor key, which is beautiful because, you know, if your choir's having a low energy day and, you know, sometimes your teenagers want to be in the sad, dark places, then you can use the minor version of it. So that is called Harmony Llamas. And that is now available on the website, and it is a song download package with the two versions in there. And then Donna had um, uh, Donna had written for the songs and studies series, the Calling All Dogs. Do you remember that one? Yes, and I love that one because I sing that all the time. Doggy, doggy, please don't bark. Meet me at the doggy park. If you cannot find your bone, call me on the telephone. I love that. <laughs> so there. That works as a cannon. That right. Is, that also works as a cannon. Yeah. I love that one. That one's really cute. And then um, I think there's a second verse to it, but the, I can just see them like calling each other on the phone. And then you recently... You recently wrote also a kitty cat canon. Well, you've got to have equal opportunity here, and you can't have <laughs> dog songs and no cats. Uh, so yes, cats are fine, and and that that one I I had fun playing with the kinds of cats. So you've got calico and marmalade, which are just mar- fun I words. love that. I marmalade. love that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And I wanted to get the word feline in the in the music. And I, I walked, I'm walking around the house going feline, 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 feline. How do you say feline? <laughs> and it actually is accented on the first syllable, but it's, and it's a pickup. Oh. So I had to try to figure try to figure out where I was going to, cause you can't go da, 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 feline, da, da. Cause it just, <laughs> so it had to be feline. Anyway, I think I've got it in the right spot. But then what rhymes with feline? And I, so I came up with opine, which is to have, which is to have an opinion, which cats definitely do. Cats so that, well, that definitely word, have opinions. That word has to go in there. So I, I also like throwing in, no, not a lot of, not a lot of big words, but to have some vocabulary extension for mm. your singers, I think is a nice thing. So that's all in there. It's feline and opine. And I love that. You know, it's it's funny. That's one of the things like um, with the llama, going back to the llamas. I mean, we discovered many things about llamas. They're, 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 sp- they're spitting and uh, <laughs> that they communicate by humming. And I, that's one of the things I love when we are working on a song. We do try to find either fun facts about the... Um, the uh the the music and and because fun facts are like it's like gold for for teaching strategies um slugs <laughs> slugs we we just you know soft-bodied mollusks that's a hard word to say i'm really glad you didn't put that in the song <laughs> but uh those those fun facts are really great like you were talking earlier about your hesitant singers and talking about mm. pizza I, Again, like the tongue twisters, again, like discussing pizza with your kids. If you start a conversation with them and all of a sudden that sparks, oh, well, I know about this or, oh, I want to find out about that or I didn't know about that. 
they they get an emotional attachment mm. and then they want to sing the song. If mm-hmm. they don't know anything about something, there's no attachment to that. And then they don't want to sing it. Why would they? Well, and I, you know? I'm really glad you brought that up. That is such a, an important part. We often get lost in our, in our, lesson plans in our pedagogy mm. and we think we have this checklist of I got to do this, 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 this. And we don't re- recognize that, you know, going back to the conversation about pizza that I had before I, I taught them the pizza song, their willingness to contribute to the conversation, that is engagement. People keep asking, what is, enga- I, my students aren't engaged. How do you get them engaged? It's about finding something that they can share information about that they feel confident enough. And whether it's, you know, you, you don't eat pepperonis cause you're a vegetarian or, you know, you, your mom hates pineapples and she gets angry if there's like, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's that, that right, that moment and that sharing is your gateway into, well, did you want to learn a song about blah, blah, blah. It's so important. And, and if you are an astute teacher, which of course, all the people listening to this podcast <laughs> are, because Canada needs more stutes. So if you are astute, as your students are talking about that subject that you brought up, they add stuff that actually means something to them. And if you're listening to that, you can go, oh, they are interested in something. And and you've got a it's um, an off-road, an offshoot yeah. from the topic that you were introducing that you had no idea they had any interest in. But then you can find something that is in that avenue and bring that back for them to learn so you learn a whole lot of stuff from letting your students talk and listening to Mm -hmm. you know where they're coming from and then you can choose even more repertoire that suits them it's it's just a great exercise i think i've shared this on the podcast before but uh Little Esther, who's not so little anymore. Esther's 11 now. But Esther's been my student since she was seven. And uh, Esther, for those of you that follow Full Voice and have been to our free download page, uh, the pretty itty-bitty kitty unicorn (laughs) came from Esther's T-shirt. And I said to, she, she showed up in my studio and had this, it was one of those, the ones that sparkle, you know, like the, they have the sequence on them and you press down and it's one image and then you pull up and it's another image. And as a, as a mom that has a boy, I've never been able to purchase any of that clothing, (laughs) which is really disappointing unless they have like a Toronto or a Toronto Blue Jays one that goes up and down. He might consider that, but she had one of these, these t-shirts. She was so proud of it. I'm like, Esther, that is a beautiful shirt. What is that? And she's like, it's a kitty unicorn. And I'm like, a what? She's like, it's a kitty and a unicorn and they're all together. And then for, Christmas, I think, she gave me the kitty unicorn socks, which I was in a Zoom call with you, and I remember holding my foot up. People can't see me, but I'm doing it. I remember in a meeting with Donna Rodenizer showing her my kitty unicorn socks and laughing about it, and I said, Donna, this is what kids want to sing about. And the very next day, Pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn. And oh, by the way, there's four other little songs that that are 
soon to come out, were part of that. And that's how pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn. It was by just having a conversation and acknowledging a t-shirt <laughs> with sequins on it. So, so thank you for that. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if people are thanking us or cursing us for that one. That one, uh, that one was a big, huge hit. <laughs> those, those stick in your head and they're, they're, the llama ones will do the same thing, by the way. Yes. Once, and, once you get at them. And fun fact, just so people understand the awkwardness of this, I had to explain to my my lawyer, my contract lawyer, well, what kind of music? And I was like, well, we have songs about pretty itty bitty kitty unicorns and hamsters named Pickles. And she was like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> and we have heartfelt things like you and me and I right. would be yes. there. And I'm like, we're not all, all ridiculous, but. <laughs> but but um, there is. Fun. There's got to be fun. So, would you say? Would you say the the calling all dogs and the kitty unicorn? Not kitty unicorn. The cat cannon. Cats are cats are fine. Yep. Cats are fine. Uh, what ages would you say those were appropriate for? Ooh, those would be your your early canon singers. Okay. So, however. Canons can be as complicated as you want to make them. Mm, so thank you. I was just older, gonna <laughs> with older students. I mean, here, sing your part, and as you're singing your part, clap your oh. part. As you're singing your part, clap the part you just clap. We used to do this in Kodak. Well, I don't think I ever could do it, but to sing your part, but to clap the part that's coming after you, which is wicked, wicked crazy hard, or uh, a little easier than that is. Sing your part, but clap an ostinato as you're singing. So you've got okay. That almost lots of lots of levels. No <laughs> full disco. Yeah. I remember being in the musicianship class when I was doing my training, and that the singing a part while clapping an ostinato was one of our tests, right? Yeah. And I practiced because I am not coordinated like that. That is that my I am a one <laughs> one brain cell focused human. That was really challenging. The other thing they made us do with clapping the uh, a, like a, a rhythmic ostinato part is so the rhythmic ostinato part you had to establish that, and then you had to use a solfege and then improvise. Ooh, yeah. And I, and I was thinking, wait, I went to school for jazz. Of course I should do this. No, it was hard. So, but I, I mean, as a, as a, a singer with basic keyboarding skills, I remember playing simple bass lines and comping patterns and trying to sing over top of that. That's ch challenging too. So, but I, uh, I love, I love the idea of, and sometimes we forget this would be another reminder that I, that I give to teachers. Using simple melodies allows us to do that, to challenge our students with other music foundations, whether it's clapping, tapping, um, you know, active listening. And, and that's, I think that's really, we don't do that enough. We're always looking for difficult repertoire rather than letting the repertoire be simple. So that is established and then we can work on other skills. If you're a confident solfege hand signer, oh. I have done I have done 
two-part solfege singing with my choir, and I'm doing two solfege oh. hands, one with each hand. So my left hand is doing a do, and my right hand is doing a mi. Mm. And I let that do stay like a pedal tone. And so, you, you know, do, and they're just holding it, and then me, so me, so me, then hold the me, and then have do, so, la, so. Wow. And so, and after a while, you've got do, re, do, and me, fa, me, fa, wow. me, so you're going, like, and so it's it's harder for you as a teacher mm. with two different things going to, to do with your solfege. But again, that's, that's holding one part's holding and one part's moving mm. and then one part's holding and the other part's moving, but they're hearing a sound against a sound open fifths. I love, I love that like open fifths sound and then move away. So like, so that's how against a do. And you can do that as an easy beginning exercise before you start a canon as well, just to get that, sound i'm moving they're holding or they're singing a different sound than i am in their ear you have to really work on getting that sound in their ear oh so good so good i want to thank you again as always uh quite often an op idea pops into my head and then either a text or a phone call to donna happens but donna you're always so uh great at just, you know, coming on the show. And, and I want to thank you for all of that. Now, this episode is wrapping up our, our year. And we're at the, I've worked the full voice team a lot this year. So we're going to wrap things up a bit early and take a bit of a break from our podcasts, but we'll be back in January. But I wanted to ask you, um, what, uh, what was your biggest, I, I'm just totally going to throw this at you. <laughs> she's, she's sitting there nervously. What was your biggest takeaway from 2022? People need, not want, people need music. We as a people, we as humans need to share what music has within it with each other, but to experience it ourselves because without it, we're a little bit less human. And mm. I think we discovered that taking a lot of their music experiences for granted. I think we've discovered that that is an essential part of mm. who we are and school programs and governments that say it's a frill are totally missing the mark. Mm. So coming back 2022, coming back to sharing and enjoying and creating and making music is essential to who we are. Mm. I love it. Just off the top of my head. If I had to say something. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it. I, uh, uh, I want to, I also want to know, what are your what are your holiday plans? What do the Rodenizer holiday plans look like? We will get as many of us together as possible on a full year. That's 35 or thereabouts. Wow. We have mountains of food, which my sister is a master cook and loves to do. I always used to say I'm not a cook because I'm a musician and I'm my <laughs> younger sister. 
And then my younger sister came along and proved me a liar because she's also a fine, fine musician and a fantastic cook. So like, thanks a lot. Um, and we will uh, have a crazy gift swap that we do where you put all a whole bunch of gently used, but whatever wrapped gifts in the middle of the floor and everybody takes one in, in order and you try to steal. And it's anyway, it's just crazy. Oh, that sounds so much fun. That's yeah, so that'll be fun. fun. And I'm hoping to see a couple of my grandkids over Christmas and spend some time watching Christmas through the eyes of a child and mm. experience that again. And you, what are you doing? Are you uh, coming to my house? I I would love to. coming over. Can I come to your Christmas party? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, to be honest with you, thank you for asking. Um, I was just talking to Sean about this. It's and one of the reasons why we are uh, we're we're gonna cut the season short. Uh, we have been working so hard. This has been a really uh, incredible year. We did the we did the national convention in Chicago which was amazing. Um, but it's a lot of work to get ready for those. Plus, as you know, we released our songs and studies for kids intro a book. Yes. And that was, that was a, a lot of work. And my team is really quite incredible. And considering that we're all in different time zones, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to just celebrate the year quietly. <laughs> sounds silly but uh yeah i've i have uh i have some seed catalogs <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna sit by my fire with a cup of tea and my seed catalogs and we'll probably keep things pretty quiet this season and and i'm looking forward to just having some downtime um because we've got another busy year coming up. We've got some really great plans and new music and another songs and studies book that's going to be coming out. So, yeah, I'm. we're just, we're going to stay pretty close to home and just be quiet. <laughs> um, mm. I wanted to, uh, again, I want to thank you for, for, your friendship, your, your professionalism and your amazing music. And thank you for, uh, for these wonderful, uh, canons, uh, for everyone. So to my friends, um, first I would love you to go to our website, our new website, fullvoicemusic.com and check out Harmony Llamas. And I think we're going to call the package, the dog and cat canon package. So we'll call it that. But I also want people to, to go to Donna's website. So, uh, Donna's website has, oh gosh, DonnaandAndy.com. You've got a lot of great resources on there. Tell everybody about that website. Well, I wear several hats. And a long, long time ago, somebody in a music conference somewhere said, you've got to focus on one thing. You can't be going all over the place. And we didn't <laughs> listen to that. Here we are. Anyway, so I've got music that you can use in a vocal studio. I've got music and teaching tips for my teaching colleagues in music elementary classrooms, a lot of which is very um, transferable back and forth. Mm -hmm. I've got um, a recorder teaching method that I've developed that I'm very proud of for um, elementary school recorder programs. And we've got Donna and Andy recordings and song collections from our performing that we do as a duo and some blogging on there. So there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff because I don't, I don't listen right good. And so, <laughs> as they say here in Nova Scotia, um, <laughs> and so I, I've got a lot of different stuff 
for a lot of different things. I've got a bunch of concert planning things that are on there, which is mm. almost well, it's too late now, but um, very near and dear to my heart as a elementary school music concert planner. Mm. I loved that part of my job, but people fear and dread that. And, and there's an awful lot of organization to that, but I've got some videos and teaching tips and how oh, to I love it. organize and plan and whatever. One of my goals for 2023 is to finally get a really concise and well-written organizational kind of printout of step one, day one, what are you doing to organize a, a concert? But that's for classroom teachers and vocal vocal studio performances with recitals are no less um, complicated, I expect, to put together, but it's not like moving 450 students in and out of a gym oh my gosh. in the period of 45 minutes. You know, and that's uh, you and my um, uh, friend and assistant Heidi Heaver are cut mm. from the same cloth because Heidi also enjoys that. Heidi was the coordinator, organizer of their, like, the school, elementary school's concerts. So she knows firsthand how challenging it is to get all of those kids in and out of the auditorium and how to organize all of that. That's so you, you, you both share the same passion, which is probably why we're friends. Uh, one of many reasons. Um, well, I, I want to thank you and I want to wish you the best of the season and, uh, to uh, friends listening to the podcast, I'm going to put, uh, links in the show notes to, uh, the websites. And, um, I, I want to thank you, Donna. And I will, We'll see you in 2023, one way or another. And we have lots of amazing new music, new songbooks, everything coming out. So thank you for being a part of that. And thank you for the invite. Any music, anytime. <laughs> that could be your tagline. Donna Rodenizer. Any music, anytime. Okay. <laughs> I can think of the branding logo. Do you want me to get on that? Yeah, please. In your, <laughs> in your spare time when you're sitting by the fire with your teeth. That's right. Awesome. A very special thank you to my friend and colleague, Donna. You know, I always take away so much from my guests. And of course, now I have a whole bunch of new songs and new teaching strategies to bring into my studio. I hope you do too. I want to take a quick second to thank the Full Voice team. I want to shout out to Mim, Heidi, Karen, Robin, of course my husband Sean, and our beloved composers for an incredible year of music. Thank you to all of you. We're going to be taking a short break. The podcast will return with more fabulous guests and teaching pedagogy and business and all things best practices for your teaching studio in January 2023. So be sure to subscribe on the podcast app that you're listening to so you'll be notified when a new episode uh, comes into, into play. Now, my friends, I want to wish you the happiest of holidays, restful, rejuvenating holidays. So, as always, I am wishing you inspired teaching, a happy, happy new year, and, of course, happy singing.
Happy singing! <laughs>